Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Alistair. Pastor Alistair is the founder of Jesus Christ Ministry International Church with multiple branches in South Africa. He's an evangelist with an outreach ministry called Jesus Saviour of the World, bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Jesus Christ Ministry International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel to receive messages every week. Now let's listen to Pastor Alistair. I'm glad that you're here. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I see uh, Dylan. Amen. God bless you. Is that Dylan, right? God bless you so much, Dylan. So nice to see you. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that Lee next to him? <laughs> God bless you, Lee. Nice to see you. Amen. Is that Maurice as well? Amen. It's been so long. Hallelujah. Cohen, God bless you so much. Amen. I can greet everybody, amen. Tears, God bless you so much. And Melissa, hallelujah. Everybody that's here, welcome, amen. God bless you so much, amen. Are you in Isaiah chapter 54, verses number 2? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's him, great things for the Lord. Amen. It's him, great things for God. I don't know how to to continue, but I'm going to try. All right. If you dare say amen. If not, say wait for me. Did someone say wait for me? Oh, okay. Can I teach? Amen. The scripture says, enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. I'm going to continue uh, reading it again. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of their inhabitants. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen their stakes. 2023, we are entering into our year and our season of spirituality and church growth. Amen. It's important that as we enter into this year, you must understand that there is nothing that we can achieve on our own. There's nothing that uh, is possible for us to achieve on our own strength or our own ability. Everything that we need is wrapped up in Jesus Christ or wrapped up in the person of Jesus. Amen. So when we are looking for something, guess where we find it? We find it in Christ. Amen. We don't find it in the pastor. We don't find it in the church, but we find it where? In Christ. Because Christ, when you look, when you read the Bible, the, the theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. From the Old even to the New Testament as well. So if everything is wrapped up in Christ and if everything that we need is found in Him, there are times in our lives where we will attempt to do things, but we will attempt to do it in our own strength and in our own ability. 
But God is saying for 2023, when you attempt to do stuff, you must do it by His grace and by His empowerment. Because there are some things that we can do. But do you know the Bible says, if the Lord does not build a house, they that labor, they that try to build a house, they build it in vain. The scripture says, if the Lord does not watch over a city, the Lord does not watch over Wentwood, they that are watching over Wentwood are watching in vain. So it means that there's a part of us that if God is not involved in it, we're wasting our time. Oh, if God is not in it, we are wasting our time. So it's important as you move forward and as you progress with God, you must come to the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do? And I think in this season here, you have to question yourself now and say, God, I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do. So in the season that I'm in, what can I do? That what, what do you want me to do? Because there's a lot of things to do. I mean, I must believe that 2023, there's a lot of things to do. Some of you are saying that there's some things I never do in 2022. This year, I'm doing it this year. There's a lot of things to do. But there are certain things that God calls great. You see, when God wants you to do something, he'll call that thing great. When he created the earth, he said that it was good. There are things that are good and there are things that are great. There's nowhere in the scripture where I see in the scripture where God says, opening a business is a great work. Oh, yes, I've never seen it. Uh, opening a hospital, it's a great work. Oh, no, I've not seen it in the scriptures. Yes, I've never seen it in the scriptures. I've never seen him say, hey, you bought a car, great work. Oh, yes. But when you buy a car, you'll see on social media, you stand there on your photo, with the ribbon on the car and stuff. Everybody's like, great, hallelujah, congratulations. That is a great thing you have done. But when God's interpretation or understanding of great is not buying a car or even buying a house, we call it it's nice, but it's not great in the eyes of the Lord. Because when Christ came to the earth, he never came to give us cars and houses. There's a greater work that he has for us. Ah, I'm coming today, amen. Now, you must understand something. It would seem as though pastor is against business and money when, when you look at it, right? Because every time when we talk, we talk about spiritual things. And it seems like the church doesn't want money. Ah, absolutely not. We need money. We need money to buy equipment. We need money to do stuff. Oh, yes, we do. But it seems as though the church has moved away from the great work of God and they have substituted the great work of God to building schools. God never called building a school a great work. Yes. They substitute the work of God for building hospitals. There's nothing great. A hospital is good. But there's no way in the commission that God has told us to build hospitals. Come on, show me anywhere. We invest money. We sow seeds to building hospitals. Name one hospital where they, in their, in, their, in, their, in their program or in the structure of the hospital, they say the gospel will be preached in every ward. Oh, to try and preach in the ward, it's a difficult thing to even do. Oh, you must see the nurses when you come there. I came to pray. They give you that look on your face. I mean, it's a protocol. Why? Because there's much, there's much, there's challenges and there's red tape. So, when the church is now moved away 
from doing spiritual things into doing secular things and worldly things and earthly things, we moved away from the great work. Oh, yes. Yes. I remember years ago, there was a guy when all the shooting was happening in the community. The guy grabbed me at the pool. I think it was last year, New Year's Day. He grabbed me at the pool. He says, I'm disappointed in the pastors and in the churches of the community. I was like, yo, that's as deep. Because he knew I'm a pastor, right? So I said, why? What happened? He says, look at all the shooting and the gangsterism and stuff. Where is the church? Why isn't the church doing nothing? I looked at him. I took a step back. I said, brother, is it the church's responsibility to bring safety and security in our community? We don't even carry guns. The drug dealers got guns. How are we going to bring safety and security up? How do you expect us to do this work? You see, because the church has been known to do a lot of earthly things. So when the people of the world see us, they expect us to do earthly things as well. They expect us to bring safety and security to the community. But that's not the great work that God has called us for. Yes. When we go into the community when it is COVID time, why wasn't the church feeding? Brother, it's not my work to feed this the hungry. There's a greater work. My work is to preach the gospel. Oh, it's for the salvation of people. So I said, if we feed, it's a nice work. But when we preach and souls get saved, it's a great work. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I'm not against building a hospital. Build a hospital, it's okay. But make sure that in the hospital you put in your curriculum that before everyone is seen to in the hospital, they will hear preaching from the time they come and from the time they close. Every morning they'll be preaching. They'll only hear your announcement, come for your tablets, then preaching comes back on. Come for this and then preaching comes back on throughout preaching so that people can be saved. Where you'll find that in a hospital? Yes, you won't find that in a hospital. Now when the preachers go and, and five o'clock in the morning to preach, they tell him to keep quiet. They're making too much noise sometimes. You're disturbing us. We've got people from different faiths and different religions. We're not all Christians, so don't, ah! You understand what I'm saying? So we focus on doing all these things, but this is not what God concludes as a great work. Doesn't conclude it as a great work. There's a greater work that God has for you. So this year, this season, this I'm going to be preaching on this for a while, and even when uh, Bishop Holly comes, I'm going to be touching on it as well, is that in the camp meetings that we're going to be having on the 20th, is to attempt to do something great for God. Yes, attempt to do something great for God. And you must understand something. I know that some of you are not used of JCMI, but in most of the churches you would find, or most churches, some churches, you would find them talking about business, you find them talking about finances, 10 steps of how you can be successful. Some of them even talk about Forex uh, and investing and all that. And all that is all good. It's okay. You can talk about that thing. But the church is a spiritual entity. So when you come to church, I'm telling you, you're going to hear spiritual things. It is not my responsibility to come and tease you with unspiritual things. 
I've come here today to teach you spiritual principles and things that you can do for God. Oh yes, that's what we have come for, nothing else. If you want to learn about how to be successful in business, I encourage you to go to do some business courses. But yeah, in church, this is not where you're going to learn about business. Yes. If you're going to learn about business, you're going to first learn about ministry before you learn about business. You understand? Because we are a spiritual church. And if you take the spirituality out of the church, the church becomes like a normal center, a normal like lecture room uh, and everything else. Why? Because the spiritual aspect of the church is gone. Yes. Jesus never called us to be like NGOs. No, we're not. There are many NGOs. There are many organizations. But we, we are spiritual. So that's why when you come here, you would learn spiritual principles and spiritual things. Are you ready to attempt great things for the Lord? Amen. It's our year to attempt it. And that word attempt comes from a word, try it. Try and win souls this year. Yes, we haven't been winning souls, but try and win souls this year. You are attempting all the wrong things. Oh, yes. There's some of us that are attempting to date some people. Yes, but you haven't attempted. Ah, I tell you something. You haven't attempted to do the work of God. Yes. There's someone attempting. Ah, I saw that sister. She was looking nice today. After the service. I'm going to pull out my lines. I will attempt to ask her out and find out what would be your answer. You attempted, you tried. You attempt the wrong thing. Some of you attempt to drink. Yes. You attempt to smoke. Just to see how, how will this look? How will this be? Today I'm declaring to you, don't attempt to do the wrong things. Attempt to do the right thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So the scripture says over here, enlarge your tents. What? Enlarge your, enlarge your tent, right? So I want to read a quote to you from William Curry. And these, this word that I'm talking to you about, attempt great things, comes from William Curry. And William Curry said this here, when he was on his mission to India, and these were his famous words, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God and expect great things for God. I'm just giving you the foundation of this message, right? So when the scripture says enlarge your tent, it means that your tent is small. So he's saying to you that you must increase it, you must enlarge it. But to you in the natural it seems like the enlargement of your tent is not yet necessary because you feel that the capacity that you have is still okay. Oh, I hope somebody's following what I'm saying. But he is saying to us that we must attempt to enlarge it. Why must we attempt to enlarge it? Because there is a harvest that is about to come. And if you don't try and enlarge it, if you don't try and attempt it, when the harvest comes, you will not be ready to receive it. Why? Because your tent is still small. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You've got to attempt it. We have to attempt planting churches. In the natural, it seems like planting church, 
No, 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 no. It doesn't make sense, but we have to attempt it. When you look at the world and you look at tuck shops on their own, I'm telling you something. Tuck shops have branches. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Edgar's retail shops have many branches. If and be, you can even go to corner, you'll find an if and be in corner. You'll find branches all over South Africa of if and be. Sister Melissa, how many branches do you know? And like a number of branches, if and be has off your head because you worked at if and be. Lots of branches. Lots in every province. I don't think there's a province in South Africa that if and be is not in. So if a secular business like a bank understands the principle this of opening branches and attempting to open another branch, but the church who is a spiritual entity don't open branches. Oh yes, all these Al-Nur guys, they got branches, I'm telling you. Ah, but we as the body of Christ, spiritual, we don't attempt to even open one branch. We're happy with one church. We're happy with doing one thing and not trying. Listen to me. Not trying. Not attempting to send somebody to go open another branch. Uh, something is wrong with the church. We have lost the spiritual, the spiritual parts and even the secular people are doing better than us. Yes. Small shops like Garment Division that opened... Re- I don't know when they open, but they want big. Common division. You go to now, common divisions on the bluff. You go to town, I think there's like maybe three or four common divisions, if I'm not mistaken. There's many. Go to Gray Street, you see the guy selling these, these uh, clothes. Not only one shop, many other shops in the same row, too. In the same row. What, what, what are they doing? They understand the principle of multiplication. But they try it. They attempt it to see that it will work. And it will work. KFC, worldwide. He attempted, he had, they had one restaurant. They realized too many people like this. Too many people are enjoying it. Let's attempt to open another. Oh, I hope you're following what I'm trying to say. Let's attempt to do something great. Why? Because God is getting ready to increase our capacity. We are not like businessmen. Yes, God is ready to increase our capacity as a church, as an individual. God is getting ready to increase your capacity. So don't operate and think about business. Don't operate and think about all these other secular things. Oh, yes, it's good. But have you ever considered, let me attempt something for God. You've been attempting things for yourself throughout your life. You've been trying to do things to increase your life. You've been trying to do things to increase your standard of living. You've been trying to do things to increase your family life. But you have not done anything or attempted to do anything great for God. It's rare, Brother Charles, that people even think about doing stuff for God. The only question we have is, God, what can you do for me? God, I'm broken, heal me. God, I need a miracle, provide a miracle. God, I need this. And all we are doing is just saying, God, do something for me. God, I need this. God, I need this. Do this for me. But when have you considered to do something great for God? 
When have you considered to do something that God will say that what you are doing is a great work? Yes. And there's, there's one thing that God had determined to be great in this life. is to win a soul. Oh, God marvels at somebody and God is excited when somebody wins a soul. Oh, yes, he is. He gets very happy. So you must be somebody like that. I hope you guys are listening to what I'm saying. It feels like you're at home and eating your New Year's Eve lunch. We're still early, the 7th, right? Don't, don't be at home. Follow me, all right? All right. So Isaiah says, enlarge your tent. God tells you, attempt to enlarge your capacity. Attempt to enlarge your coast. If you are praying for 30 minutes, attempt to pray for one hour. Enlarge it. Because what God is about to do, 30 minutes just won't do it in your life. The level at which God is about to use you, 30 minutes just won't do it in your life. Yes. So you need to what? Enlarge your prayer capacity. And no more pray for 30 minutes. Oh, Father God, I thank you. Enlarge it and speak in tongues. And speak in tongues. Enlarge your capacity. Oh, if you're reading for five minutes, only one chapter a day. Enlarge your capacity. I'll spend an hour reading my Bible. I'll spend a half an hour reading my Bible. This year, don't attempt to watch those series that you never watched last year. Ah, yes, I'm telling you. Don't attempt it. Put that TV down. Put the remote down. And say, I'm attempting to do the work of God this year. I'm attempting to be spiritual this year. Oh, some of you, I tell you, you're going to see people being elevated and people growing. Why are you going to see them grow? Because they have determined within themselves that this year I'll be spiritual. Oh, yes. But those that are not spiritual, you're going to find them still gossiping. Yes. Those that are not spiritual, you're going to find them still complaining and murmuring. Those that are not spiritual are going to find them still fornicating. Those that are not spiritual are going to still be under the covers and ah. But because of you that have decided, hey, that you are going to be spiritual, all things are going to work together for your good. You don't, ah, this year you don't even need to come before the Lord. I need a blessing. All you just need to do is be spiritual and watch what God, just try it. Try and be spiritual and see what God does. Try, we're going to be waking up 5 a.m. in the morning to pray. So send your, uh, join, if you're don't, not part of the church group, be a part of the church group. We're going to pray. You don't have to put your video on, but even if your audio is on and you're praying 5 a.m. every morning, we're going to pray for these 21 days on WhatsApp. So your money you buy KFC with, the money you buy your Coca-Cola with, the money you buy, all these other things, invest and say, I'm buying some daughter. Because I'm not going to miss 5 a.m. pray in the morning. Ah, somebody. No, you're looking at me like that. Yes. Yes. Don't worry about Facebook for now. Put Facebook aside. 5 a.m. pray. Um, my WhatsApp daughter is for 5 a.m. pray. Yes. I never think you can do that. Amen. Some of you, the hands are up for saying, I got Wi-Fi, so it's okay. <laughs> so, 5 a.m. pray. 5 a.m. pray. Wake up and pray. I mean, it sets your day off. 
Even if you are not there, while you may be going to work, you're changing and whatever, the, and you can hear Lekeparan, and you hear in the prayers, and it will set your day off. Oh, yes. Bishop Dag says, as a normal church member, it's required for you to pray one, one hour or two hours. He says, but if you are serving in the house of the Lord, if you are a minister in the house of the Lord, serving in any capacity, it's required of you to pray for three hours. Three hours a day. He says, he says if, you're, if a pastor doesn't play like th pray for three hours a day, you'll see that pastor's always on Facebook. Yes. But somebody that is spiritual, somebody that is deep, you see they've got no time for all these funny things that are all worldly and secular because they're spiritual. He says, I, I, I get worried when my, he says, I get worried when my pastor's respond too quick on whatsapp <laughs> he says he gets extremely worried if i send my pastor a message and he messages me back same time he says what were you doing that you messaged me so quickly were you who could you have not been either praying or reading how did you message because you were online all the time yes he says i worry i worry i worry so this year say somebody this year Social media will forget about me. Social media will not remember my name. Yes. Even when you come back, when you go back on social media, they say, they'll say, Welcome back, Melissa. We missed you. Yes. There's um on my on the internet, right? So on my daughter, they, they sent me a message. You have not used your daughter for the whole day. Is everything okay? Are you connecting? because I never use my daughter the whole day. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with that? I'm not even using my daughter the whole day. So they send you a message to see. Now Facebook is going to send you a message and they're going to say, hey, we missed you for 21 days. We never see you. Where have you been? They mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, huh? he'll personally type and he'll say, Melissa, Tez, where have you been? I haven't seen you for 21 days. Wow. Imagine your friends say, I haven't seen you for 21 days. We haven't had coffee for 21 days. Oh, baby, I'm spiritual this year. Yes. Imagine that secular music that you have a dream about it. The secular music will say, Hey, you haven't listened to me for 21 days. What's happening? I, where are you? Say, This year I've decided to be spiritual. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend or the person that likes you. For 21 days you haven't messaged them. Oh, somebody. I don't think you're like me today. What has happened to you? Yes. Can I say something? I'm going to play with you all right. Is that okay? Husbands and wives, you'll have 21 days to decide within yourselves to be spiritual and stay away from sexual activity. Hey! Yes. 21 days. But you both must agree. <laughs> She's laughing over here. I don't think the husbands will agree with me in this one, yeah, but the scripture says only for a time of prayer and fasting you are allowed to Am I right, Sister Zaini? Yes. 
Because do you know that even though you are married, there's in the, in the, in the sexual and the intimacy, there's some fleshliness that is there still. Yes. So he says, if you both decide for prayer and fasting, oh, I see some of you are doing that. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm never, okay, no, don't show me your hands. I don't want to get you into trouble. Amen. So focus on attempting to pray, attempting to fast, and staying away from anything that is secular. Attempted. Try it out. Attempted. You have to attempt it or else. How is God going to increase your capacity? The reason why certain things don't come to us because we haven't attempted them. Yes. The reason why some of us can't fast because we only have in our mind that I only can fast until 12 o'clock. But you haven't attempted to go throughout the whole day. 12 o'clock is not fasting properly. No. Yes. What, what have you, what has died from 6? You woke up 10 o'clock and you broke 12 o'clock. What has died in the two hours of Hey, and you say, now nah, I can break my fast at 12 o'clock. You have not fasted at all. <laughs> this year, attempt to fast and attempt to fast properly. Yes. Don't eat until 6 p.m. or break, or even if you can make it for two days, three days, four days, five days, six days without eating, attempted. Yes. They sometimes, in Ghana, they call Fasting six to six, not fasting. They don't interpret that as fasting. Yes. They say, no, that's not fasting. In the scriptures, they fast throughout the days. They, they declare that they are fasting. They fast throughout the, the number that they have declared. No breaking. Ah. 21 days. No breaking. Daniel, when he decided to fast, he had his fruit and veg for 21 days. So however you would choose, if you say, I'm going to do Daniel... I'm only going to eat fruits and vegetables. Do it for 21 days without meat. Do it for 21 days. If you say you're going to go try, try and go try for 21 days. Just drink water and liquids and stuff. I remember there was a brother in, when I was in Bible college. He fasted 21 days. He was big. 21 days. And you were coming to Bible college to listen to lectures. It's not an easy thing. Dry 21 days. Stand up, Lyndon. The brother was big, I tell you, bigger than me. But after the 21 days, he was like Lyndon. I tell you something. The brother, imagine what God will do in that brother's life that attempted something. But you, you don't want to attempt nothing. You like even now you're sitting, your stomach is moving. You, you can sense that you, you, you're hungry, so you're wondering. And even though you had a snack in the morning, but you wonder, ah, what's this? Imagine, and tomorrow we start in the fast. Ah, I tell you, you're going to have a time, a tough time, but you must attempt it. Yes. Some days you will make it, some days you won't. Don't beat yourself up. Say, I'm rising up again and I'm doing this thing again. Six to six. I'm telling you, stay away from TV for these 21 days. It will help you. If you are going to watch something, watch a preaching, watch a sermon. Catch the anointing somewhere. Go online, watch all our preaching in church. You would catch something. 
you, I mean, this year, Lee, are you, are you joining us, Lee, to becoming spiritual? To becoming better than our current state and causing God to increase us and enlarge our tents so that more can come. I see this church filled with souls. God is telling us to attempt to, to do something. Attempt to go out and evangelize. You've never evangelized before. Don't say, oh, evangelism is not for me. You have to attempt it. Uh, Pastor Ted sent me a message. He says, I feel like I want to do an open air. I was like, wow. You don't hear people saying, I feel like doing an open air. I feel like going to win a soul. Oh, no. I feel like I need to apply for this job. I feel like I need to open this business. I feel like I need... But no, when have you decided to attempt something for God? I feel like starting a prayer meeting in my house. When have you decided to attempt something for God? It's rare. But this year, we're attempting great things for God. Amen. Are you with me? I believe that God is going to do it in your life. Amen. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 16, verses 15. Are you there? 16, verses 15. Amen. We are even trying something different with our, as you can see, with our cameras and our live streams and everything. We, we, we go in somewhere, we increase in our capacity. Amen. We're doing something different. Amen. Uh, I'm really enjoying the way the guys, hey guys, let's give the Lord a big hand for recorder. Amen. It's his first day on the sound. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. They came to be trained last night. Amen. This, yesterday, sorry. And also the praise and worship team. Let's give the Lord a big hand for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at my social media. I'm looking at, because I'm monitoring as well. There's no image. Is there a reason for why there's no image? If you can just look at that and just... Make sure that you check that. It's actually black. All right. Must be showing there, right? But it's black on YouTube and the Facebook Live. Just see on your phone as well if it's black as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Cool. Luke chapter 16, verse 15. I think it came back now. It's fine. And he said unto them, You are that which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed amongst men is an abomination in the sight of God. Can I read that again? It says, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That which is highly esteemed, Candace, how are you doing, Candace? That which is highly esteemed amongst men is an abomination unto God. So the things that God esteems high or the things that men esteem as high, God says it's an abomination unto me. Yes. 
Because reason why he says there's an abomination unto me, because you must understand the purpose and the mind of God has never ever been to give us all these things in this world. But the purpose of God is so that souls will be saved and men will come to know him. So when God sees there are people that are uh, creating structures without the purpose of salvation and men being saved, he looks at it and he doesn't esteem it. He says it's an abomination unto me. When we build churches and we plant churches for entertainment purposes to be seeker friendly without the souls of men and salvation of people in mind, God looks at it and says, that church there is an abomination unto me because it's not winning souls. There are some churches that are built, some churches that are around, God looks at it and says, it's an abomination unto me because when lost have they made an altar call for salvation? When lost have they went to go and preach the gospel? When lost did they go and minister so that souls can be saved? God looks at it and says, what work are you actually doing? What work are you actually involved in? Why? Because there's no attempt to win souls. Yes. Jesus never come, like I said earlier, to give us big universities and schools. Salvation, building a church, you must understand this, building a church and opening a business are two different things. We can't call them both great works. They're two different things. One is involved in making profits, while the other one is involved in saving souls. Yes. You can't, you can't uh, put uh, opening a university or a hospital in the same category as salvation. They are two different things. So God is not interested in anything that is secular that will take you away from him, that will cause a distraction. But the church has been highly distracted. I don't know if you guys are here. I truly, I think I'm preaching to the wrong crowd. Maybe tonight there'll be a different crowd. I'm not sure. Is that you are not involved. You, we, we are focused on all these things. But not focused on our spiritual lives. And each and every single day, our spiritual lives are decline, declining, deteriorating. You no more pray like you used to pray. You don't uh, read the Bible like you. Your spiritual life is deteriorating, but your financial life is increasing. Your spiritual life is going down, but your family life is increasing. You're spending enough time with your family, but you haven't spent enough time with God. Oh, cool. Don't get this wrong. Don't get this twisted. I told you that this is a very spiritual church. Is that God never come and God never die to give you tears and your and zeal and your children and Levante. I got your name right. Huh? Yes. Never come and die and give you your children and them. That was not the purpose for Christ's time. Literally, your purpose for Christ's time was not to give you promise. And all those that are married or in relationship, the purpose of God giving you your family. Brother, Brother William, for giving you sister daughters, was not his purpose. He brought them into your life to help you fulfill your purpose. But that's not his entire purpose for your life. But why is it that we spin and we, and I understand, and please don't get me wrong. Why is it that we spend 100% or 90% with our families and 10% with God? And yet he was the one that says 
that if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not worthy. He says, if you love your wife and your, or your husband more than me, you're not worthy. But it seems like we have disowned him for our mothers and our fathers. It's, oh yes, it seems like we have disowned him for our family gatherings and our socials. When have you ever seen them making room for you to do something for God? They don't, but you must always make room for them. They must, you must always make room for them. When have they changed the date of a party for you? When they have decided to, to shift the time because they know that you're in the house of God and you go to church. When have they decided to do that? But you keep on making sacrifices for them. It's like you have switched the road. You have made the sacrifice for the secular thing instead of the sacrifice for God. That's what we do. And God looks at us and says, ah, there's nothing spiritual about what you are doing. Yes. What work have you ever went to and they said to you, oh, you can take the day off and go to church on Sunday. That's fine. No, they won't. But when they need you, they tell you, you must come in, even if it's on a Sunday, by fire, by force. They have not made room for you. When last have you seen a Christian stand up and come to an interview and say in the interview, I'll work Monday to Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, I will not work for you. If you don't give me the job, it's fine, but I'm not working on a Sunday. When, 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 when do we see that? We hardly see that. We hardly see people attempting to do stuff for God. We hardly see people attempting to do stuff that will, when God looks at it and says, wow, he stood up for me in such a way. No. We accommodate them. We put our Christianity aside and we accommodate them. We will go to the universities and the schools. They want Bible colleges, Christian Bible colleges. They want to now instruct what must be taught in Christian Bible colleges. A part of the curriculum, they must have business there. So you go to some of the known Bible colleges. When I was in Bible college, they taught business. They taught how to succeed. Because the secular world wants our Bible colleges to do that. But whenever they ever made room for us and said, in your colleges and in your schools, let us teach the word of God. No, they haven't. Even in the schools. In our schools, our local schools, they don't want even prayer. You go to the school and you say you want to preach the word to the children. You know the amount of red tape. I went, I promise you, I went to every school in Wentworth and I said to them and I said, please, we would like to minister the gospel to the children. I was declined in most of the schools in Wentworth. High schools and primary schools. High schools. They said to me, this is what they said to me. Because of the education of departments, there is certain rules and regulations because of other faiths that are there. So you just can't come and preach. Oh, yes. But when there was an ancestral calling, when the children were acting demonic and they were frotting all over the place and screaming, who they were calling? They were calling the same people that they were kicking out. They were kicking out. 